Hello, it's been a while, hasn't it? Welcome back to the official Coventry Bears podcast. Welcome back to Bear Necessities. Welcome back to Bear Necessities, the official Coventry Bears podcast. We live at CoventryBearsPodcast.com and we are very happy to be back on the microphone. I'm one of your hosts, Dave Musson, and joining me as always is my co-host and former Bears fullback, Craig Cathcart. Craig, um, a lot has changed in the world since we last did a podcast. Um, Without spending too much time talking about Liverpool winning the league, how have you been? (laughs) I've been good, mate. It seems like ages since we've spoken um i know we've been in contact over whatsapp and stuff but it's it's good to actually have a a chat with you in a conversation and um you know as you said loads and loads has changed um some good stuff some bad stuff but we're, we're all still here and um yeah i'm i'm ready to go mate good good so um so obviously we've we've been away for a while because well there really hasn't been enough for us to talk about um the League One and Championship seasons for 2020 were finally cancelled last month, which was a shame, but I think it was a sensible decision. Um, but however, all that aside, we are now back for at least the next few weeks, and we've got some really great content for you, um, mainly to ensure you feel fully up to date on all things Bears related. So to help us with that, we're going to be joined in this episode and the next two episodes by Bears Director of Rugby, Alan Robinson. So in coming weeks, we're going to discuss what's going on between now and next season. And we'll also get excited about the World Cup, which of course is coming to Coventry's Rico Arena next autumn. But um, for this episode, um, I grilled Alan about what's gone on this year. So um, Craig and I will get into our own thoughts on 2020 later on, but uh, I don't think there's, there's any reason to waste any more time. So let's jump right into it. Here's Bears Director of Rugby, Alan Robinson, talking all things 2020, the weirdest of weird years. So welcome back to the show, Alan. Um, lots of questions to get through, but first, I mean, it's been a while since we chatted on here. So, so how are you? How's, how's this weird year treated you? Yeah, it's, um, well, we're still here. We're still um, battling on. Um, obviously, it's been a, a, a terrible year for, for everybody. Um, you know, not, not just uh, in regards to the sport, but in everyone's personal lives as well. And I, and I think, um, you know, puts a new perspective on on everything really for, for everybody. So yeah, um, you know, I'm, I'm healthy and well, and so is my family. So I'm really grateful for that. And obviously we're trying to enjoy the summer as much as possible. So let's, let's start the obvious place from a Bears point of view then. Obviously the season was cancelled a few weeks ago and I think it felt like a decision that was, was a long time coming, but still pretty sad to see. I mean, you've had some weeks to digest it now. What, what are your thoughts on it all? Um, I mean, in, in the initial sort of stages of, uh, of COVID and what went on. Um, obviously, everyone was in lockdown. I think our main thoughts then really were around just health and well-being of, of the players and staff and uh, and everyone associated with the club, first and foremost. Um, you know, I, I think the coaching team and, and Rich Squires and the, the, the players did a really good job of, of keeping themselves fit and active and you know, in the right frame of mind, 
through through those months initially. But I think then as time went on, um, things became obviously a bit more of a challenge. But I think the frustration started to set in. Everyone wanted to be able to play. Um, at the time, obviously, I was uh, in ongoing conversation with uh, the RFL and the other clubs. So we, we were really just planning ahead, looking at what the possibilities might be. But at the time, it, it was just about keeping everyone fit and, fit and, and focused on potentially being able to come back you know, to play again. Mm. And can you give the, the listeners a bit of insight into the process behind that decision that ultimately led to the, the Championship and League One being, being pulled for this season? Because the sense I got that was a, a lot of it ended up hinging on, on whether it could, it could work for those leagues, um, playing matches behind closed doors. And ultimately, I, I guess it was, it was sort of cost prohibitive to do that. But w- was that quite a big driver in, in the decision behind it? Um, yeah, I mean, certainly from our perspective as a club, we, we had to look at it, you know, from our own perspective, our own local perspective as well. Um, and, I mean, everyone wanted to play. All the clubs wanted to be able to play. But at the end of the day, you got to look at it. Um, the safety of and health and safety and those protocols had to come first. Um, when, when those were looked at by the RFL, you know, everything was driven by the government. Um, and I think the RFL did a did a really good job to keep everybody, I suppose, sort of focused on the most important aspect of that. Um, it, they had to look at the when we looked at those sort of the biosafety measures, all the things that had to be put in place. You know, there was obviously going to be costs to that. The difficulty of being able to play, um, you know, whether it be at central venues behind closed doors or at local or own local venues behind closed doors. That was always going to be a massive challenge for, for clubs and certainly a club like ourselves. And, the, and I think the majority of clubs really in, in the Championship of League One. I can't speak out too much about the other clubs and their decisions. You know, some, some have been quite vocal about it. You know, they've invested money. They wanted to be promoted. Mm-hmm. They, everyone, other people had, I think, really the eyes on the future and what what their own club and their own business um, had to do to sustain itself. And really that's what our focus was at the Bears. And I think I've already said it a few times, you know, our sustainability is paramount. We're doing it tough as it is as as a club outside the the traditional areas of the game. We're we're in the Midlands, we're in the South. We're not um, backed by a wealthy benefactor. We're we're a family-run club. You know, we run a tight ship. We want to progress each year. We want to grow our business. We want to grow local players. We want to do the right thing for the sport in our area. And when you look at all that, you look at the cost implications of of what COVID and the difficulty around COVID, even with some government restrictions, was going to bring. It was just going not going to be sustainable. Um, and really, for us, that was the paramount thing when it came to making the decision. The RFL obviously put out. Um, a uh, you know a survey to the clubs around that, um, and it was anonymous. Um, all the clubs fed back, and and obviously the the main consensus was that um, it was going to be a massive challenge to to do you know to play behind closed doors. The I think it was commendable what the RFL tried to do with looking at a, you know a late autumn competition, but but again, when there's no promotion and relegation. That's the sort of driving force behind a lot of what 
you know, what we're trying to do is different clubs have different priorities. Ours might not necessarily be to get promoted straight away, but but certainly we want to be competitive. We want to be playing games. We want competition, and to have a viable competition, you need that, you know. And uh, yeah, you know that that I think uh, that that was pretty much sort of what drove our decision. Yeah, one of the things that has come out of the pandemic that perhaps is slightly more positive, just around society in general, is all this this idea of bringing people together and encouraging, you know, new modes of collaboration. And I've heard it mentioned in in the terms of rugby league as well. Do, do you feel like this experience of going through this experience with the rest of the League One and Championship clubs? Do you, do you feel like that has changed the relationship between those clubs at all? Do you feel like you've got a a stronger voice together? Are you working better together or, or, or is it, has it not really, not really affected anything? Um, I, I definitely think some clubs have been maybe more outspoken. Other clubs have been perhaps a bit more reserved, but, but I would certainly say the majority of the clubs that I've spoken to and, and some of the relationships that I have personally myself with the likes of, you know, Carl Hall at Doncaster, John Flatman at York, Mm-hmm. I have quite a personal relationship with those guys, for example. And I think, you know, when it comes down to it, um, everyone works within their own circles and, and everyone knows as friends in the game. But I, I definitely think there was certain, a certain amount of, look, you know, at the end of the day, people have lost their lives here. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we, we run businesses around sport, but, you know, the, there's bigger things at play in the world. Um other, other clubs have been quite vocal. Um, I'm not going to go massively into that because it's quite negative. But, you know, I, I disagree with the negativity. Um, I, I, I do believe things need to be done right. I do believe that, and I do understand that people spend money and expect a return. Um, and, you know, the same for the fans, you know, people, people invest in things and, and they expect some sort of return. But, you know, I mean, I, I believe really strongly that, you know, all sorts of emergencies happen in the world. All sorts of terrible, terrible things happen in the world. And, and this is one of those things, you know, and we really, we needed to come together. And I think we needed to back the governing body. I think the majority of clubs have done that. Um, and people need to be commended. You know, I think there's a lot of people that, that have done a lot of hard work, I think, at the RFL uh, that doesn't get seen by... The, the fans and the supporters and there is a lot of negativity and I think it's one thing that's a bit sad sometimes in rugby league you know everybody looks for the negatives first and the negatives get reported and and it's all doom and gloom and sometimes it is but it's like that in sport and I think you have to you know and this is where I feel quite strongly about trying to do things right spending the right amounts of money trying to develop your club and your business properly and and I don't see any negativity from the people that are trying to do that you know so really for us it's yes I think I think some clubs have certainly been brought closer together um I certainly think I've probably been a bit more vocal and a bit a little bit more um active online the likes of Twitter for example that I might not have been before um and I feel it's our responsibility to be to do that as a club certainly in the south, you know, that that's sort of trying to develop the game in a in an area that isn't rugby league. You know, everyone doesn't know rugby league. So, you know, I want to set a good example for for, for the sport in our area and what, what we do and the decisions that we make get reflected on that. Um 
so that, that, that's how that's how I like to try and go about things with the Bears. I know everyone else at the club believes the same. One positive, of course, is the fact that Super League is up and running again. And, and you know, you look at the tries that Regan Grace was scoring recently and, you know, it's, it is a real spectacle right away. How important for the sport do you think it's been to get Super League up and running again and get some action on the pitch in 2020? I think it's been critical to the discussions that all the clubs have been having. It's something that's always been there in the background. And it's something that everybody's been aware of that if we can get Super League up and running, if the sport can get a presence again in the media, then that's going to be a massive bonus. Mm. That's going to be a huge plus and positive for the sport and for all of us. And I think that is one thing that's been constant, that positivity that perhaps with, you know, the for example, the government funding that, that, that the RFL has been able to, um, to secure, you know, that 16 million there really if you look at it in the bigger picture that's if it's going to be accessed by anybody it's going to be accessed by some super league clubs first mm-hmm. and to get the, the sport back on the field you know there's a lot of i mean it probably hasn't been published too much in the press but you know the the, the cost of um the biosafety behind covid and putting things in place at a club is a lot of money you know it's obviously it was sort of five grand was mentioned five grand a week was mentioned there was a lot of discussion around that I think it worked out to maybe be a bit less than that but at the end of the day you're still talking thousands of pounds and really thousands of pounds with no income you know it's going to put any business under pressure um, um, but you know to focus back on Super League and the positives I mean it's been unbelievable the last few weeks I think and we've got to remember that the, the TV deal with Sky Sky are, are the major partner in the sport you know Sky um, you know, want to be able to co- cover that, cover those games, and we want positivity out of it. And I think we've got that um, over the last few games. You know, it's been really refreshing. It's been really interesting to see the sort of things that Sky and uh, the Sky team and 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 the Super League team have tried to do. You know, obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on in the in in, in the media at the minute and the in politics at the moment. But I think rugby league's always tried to be at the front edge of what goes on. Um, and, I, and I think that's got to be something that's got to be commended in regards to the games and, 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 and the tri- some of the tries we've seen and, and the fitness levels have been unbelievable. Um, I think I commented myself, obviously, the weekend, the Saints game, you know, um, the likes of what, you know, the, the sort of how Salford are playing. Um, the, all these games are really competitive and I think that's fantastic for the game and, and it, there was a lot of talk about the NRL as well, and obviously what the NRL were going to be doing, what was going to be happening in Australia. Uh, that was a, always a topic of conversation between the clubs and between all of us when we had those Zoom meetings. And I, and I think that's what Super League is, is wants to sort of emulate that, it wants to put us put us in the spotlight. And, and hopefully, you know, Rugby League at the moment, as a sport, is in the spotlight. Um, and... You know, I think that's got to be something we've got to focus on as a positive. So bringing it back to the to the Bears then, I mean, you mentioned earlier that the players were doing a good job of keeping them keeping themselves fit and all of that sort of stuff. I mean, how's it actually been for them this period? Because, you know, they, they were it was a pretty new squad. They were just getting used to their new teammates and then it's all sort of pulled apart from them and stuff. So aside from the sort of staying fit physically, how, how have the Bears players coped this year? 
I think they've done really well. Um, we've got a different group of players, obviously, and with a large spectrum of ages and with you know age groups. Majority of the players are still quite young. Um, what was, I suppose, the most frustrating thing was when when Tom moved on to London Broncos. I had a short period of time to add players to 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 the squad that Tom had already started to assemble and and, and retain from the year before. So. I had to get back on the in the driving seat as such very very quickly. Um, we had some changes on and off the field, but I think us moving moving um, to to Warwick, the Warwick private school facility, um, was a big bonus for us because we had the the opportunity there with the facilities, you know, four G pitch, S and C facility, pool all those sorts of opportunities that we didn't really have massive access to in the past to raise the standards. And that was something I was really eager to do was to raise the standard across the board in the squad and challenge everybody. Um, unfortunately, we kind of got, you know, with, with a, a difficult preseason, we got everyone sort of together. Then the season just started and, um, and it was cut short. So very frustrating, but obviously... Again, I think the boys have coped well with it. Um, moving on now, we're, we're actually, you know we're months down the line, and and I think we've been working quite closely together as a Rich Squires and I, and, and uh, in regards to looking at the squad, and um, that's something that, that in, in the coming weeks will become really apparent to some of the changes that, that have been made and the comings and goings that, that you happen that happen every year, but. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll go into that, but I think I think the boys have done really well. Everyone's kept themselves fit. The mental health side of it is obviously really important as well. And you know, Rich was sharing Zoom calls with the players every week. Um, I've been in touch with the players regularly, and everybody's in good spirits. You know, and I think the fact that the season isn't going ahead was, in some ways, has been a relief because people now know where they stand what we need to do, we can focus on next year and we can focus on getting ready, you know, and uh, it's going to come around pretty quick, I think. So what's, what's the biggest thing this whole pandemic experience has taught you about the Bears? Um, I think that sort of family side of it, you know, we're a family club, we're, we're all pretty close. Um, you know, even the fans, you know, you talk to people online and <clears throat> everyone asks how everybody is and, we're quite a close-knit group, and I think that's something we, we always want to build on. We've always kept quite to the forefront. It's, it's obviously very difficult when it comes to a playing squad and you, you, people come in new, um, and, and it's about, I suppose, getting to know each other, and that's been the biggest challenge. Um, but I suppose the biggest thing for me is the culture. You know, we've got to continue the culture that we have and the strength in that culture, and um, myself and, and Debbie you know, manage the club and we've, we've got a quite a small, I suppose, decision-making circle there between, between us. Um, but, but that's our strength. You know, I, I think that's our strength. We can make decisions quickly. Um, you know, we don't, we, we, we can, we can plan ahead quite quickly. We can get things in place. The players, you know, there's not a lot of people the players have to go to. There's, there's, there's a number of us that can make those key decisions. Everyone can get, get to know each other really quickly and, and the culture of, of, of the club, I think, is something that we've got to keep carrying on. And 
it's something that's got to echo into the future from all this. And, um, you know, a lot of the players have, have done some great things in, in, in lockdown and they've kept in touch with their families or reconnected with their families or they've had some illness or their families have had illness. And I think everybody's grown in character. But again, it's, that's part of that culture. And, um, you know, that's the biggest thing, I think, really, of all, is, is to carry on with, with the culture, the family side of the club, uh, and building on the community that we're trying to build here. Before we, uh, before we finish this part of the interview, I've got, to, um, I've got to get you to tell listeners about your own pretty rough experience early on in lockdown. It was two hospital visits in the space of a few days, wasn't it? Um, t- tell us about that. I know one was a, was a, a, a troublesome piece of, um, of, of, of <laughs> gaming equipment and the other one was something a bit more serious, wasn't it? But um, not ideal for you. No, um, yeah, people that know me, I, I'm, I, I can be a bit of a geek sometimes. I have, uh, I have my, um, I, I've, I've, I get into modelling and things like that. And I actually stood on what was the equivalent of a, of a plastic nail, really, and went straight through my foot, um, which was a really nasty injury. I, I walked around for about three or four days, not realising I had a chunk of plastic in my foot, um, which was quite hilarious that a lot of people find. Um, but but it was a bit uh, a bit hair raising at the time because I, I couldn't go to Coventry Warwickshire Hospital. I had to go to rugby. Uh, the doctor then had to actually do a sort of a mini operation on my foot within A and E, which was a bit uh, shall we say you know uncomfortable and unpleasant. But um, I came through that. Um, but within a, a matter of days later, I, I, I find myself quite badly ill. Um, with uh, an infection uh, in, in my abdomen, uh, within my bowel. So, and again, I, w- I was actually ended up in hospital for 11, 12 days, um, uh, quite seriously ill at one point. Um, but but uh, I, I came through it and, um, you know, was glad to get back out to my family. And I saw a lot of um, eye-opening things uh, at Covington Workshop Hospital and the NHS really do some unbelievable work um i got to know some people there during the time i was there and uh that that were sort of in hospital at the same time you know we didn't leave a room for for the period of time i was in there so it's it puts perspective on life um and it's something that i've reflected on more probably more so than anything i think is it my own personal health and situation going forward and uh Shall we say I'm, I'm a lot of um, I'm a lot of pounds lighter uh, in the last three months, which is a, a good thing and something I'll be uh, focusing on as a positive going forward. Well, I think I think I can safely say for everyone um, listening that we're all we're all glad you're well and fit and fighting again. So, uh, yeah, good good that that's behind you. Thank you. So many thanks to Bears director of rugby, Alan Robinson. Already looking forward to having him back on over the next couple of weeks. So, um. Craig, I guess before we get into the things Alan said in his interview, um, just how have you found the last few months from a Bears point of view? Obviously, we haven't been able to watch anything on the pitch, but how have you found how, how all of this craziness has panned out? It's been really strange because uh, for the last few years, um, the, certainly over the summer, the Bears has been a big part of, uh, of my life. Mm-hmm. Going to see games, um, mm-hmm. watching other rugby league one matches, other rugby league, um, thinking about the next game, going to going to away trips as well, um, thinking about signings, you know, thinking about how the players are getting on. Um, it's something that 
I think gradually I've got more and more involved with over the years. So for suddenly that to be pulled away um, was quite a weird experience. But strangely, for quite a long time over lockdown, um, I kind of forgot about sport for a while because there was no sport happening. And, um, you know, I was focusing on family and trying to work from home and, and everything else. And it didn't really... Um, I have to say, didn't hold the same level of, of importance. Um, but I think as I reflected over the months, um, you know, I really started to miss having, having rugby league. And, um, you know, I, you know, whilst I'm disappointed that we're not going to see any rugby, any more rugby this season, um, it's, it has given me a good chance to reflect. I mean, I've been um, still involved a little bit on the, on the media side for the Bears and, um, I've been looking at um, the sort of flashbacks and looking at things in the past that have happened in the Bears' history. And um, it's made me realise sort of um, how far the Bears have come and how many great people have been involved in the Bears over the years. Lots of great players, lots of great teams, lots of memories. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm very much of a my mindset now looking forward to the future and positive um, looking at the journey that there's been so far and looking at looking um, where things are going. It's um, I think next season is going to be providing we're through this, you know, yeah. we, we could, you know, not, not to be pessimistic. Um, we could start next season with some restrictions still on fans, hopefully not. Um, but I'm really, really looking forward to it. I think um, the, the next game we get where there's, um, you know, there's no restrictions on fans coming in. I think it'll be an absolute cracker. I think there'll be lots of um, fans that are completely excited about watching live rugby again. And I think the players are going to give it their all as well because, you know, they've been cooped up and, and ready to play for a long time. So um, I think next season is going to be one of the best seasons there's ever been in, in rugby league, particularly in League One with, with such a competitive league. Um, it's going to be mega, isn't it? It's going to be brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, and and you're right. You you very rarely get the chance to really pause and reflect on things as as we we have as you know trying to take a positive out of it. As that's the opportunity we've had this year. And yeah, I've I mean I've been really enjoying the flashbacks you've been digging out on on the best social media channels, and it it does you know it sort of follows on quite quite nicely from you know the, this time last year when I just put the book out and was sort of thinking about what the bears had achieved in their 20th anniversary year and looking ahead to the future but but having that opportunity to to look back at what the bears have done as a whole it really does put it in context of how far they've come and in how in such short, a short space of time as well so but yeah I'm I'm like you I kind of you know it, the, the very similar to you actually the first few months like you know sport just went away so it it, it didn't really feel like there was a, an awful lot to miss and there, there was you know it was just a whole new a literal new world to get used to but then I think you know when particularly when the Premier League came back and it was like oh, okay yes yeah, sport I remember sport I remember in, enjoying yeah. sport kind of um and you know particularly particularly as for me for my my football team managing to stay in the Premier League right whereas yours were winning it but yeah. with mine actually managing to stay in and it's like okay the last few games were actually mildly enjoyable here I do remember taking pleasure from sport and then seeing Super League come back and some of the action that's that's happened I know it's been thrown up in the air as we record this with the um 
the results of the whole players testing positive for for COVID and, and what that might do to the the rest of the the restarted season. But it really does remind you, like you know, watching Regan Grace just tearing up the length of the pitch. It's like, okay, yeah, this is why I'm a fan of summer rugby. This is why this is why rugby league is the code for me. So, I. I'm totally with you. I'm very excited for it to come back. And I totally agree. I mean, I um, I have to say as well, there was there was loads of people who were really, really excited about Super League coming back. And I was up to a point, but I wasn't like, you know, absolutely couldn't wait for it to happen. But after watching the first couple of games, it just, re- you know, made me realize what what we'd be missing and you see what a spectacle it is and what a great sport it is and the players who've you know you know they've been sat at home as well for several months and for them to go out on the pitch and give it their all the way that they have and and to create such amazing entertainment um even with the rule tweaks and everything else um it just shows you that, that it's a brilliant sport and a brilliant game and um should be celebrated and I think um, you know there, there is a lot of negativity sometimes in rugby league but when you see uh, as you said things like uh, the Regan Grace hat trick you've just got to sit back and admire it and realise that um, you know we are very lucky to be fans of, of such great sport um, yeah. and uh, you know I'm looking forward to seeing the climax of this season and I think um you know, next year again in Super League is going to be phenomenal once fans get back in the stadiums as well. Definitely. So thinking a little bit about Alan's interview there, I, I think it was really, it was really interesting to chat to him. And, um, you know, I, th- I, I know you'll you'll be like me and, and pretty much every Bears fan I've been in contact with in terms of really respecting the way Alan and Debbie and everyone involved in the club have, have been communicating with fans throughout this difficult period and you know, the pragmatic approach they've taken to everything. And it just feels like, I think it was, it was really interesting to hear that generally across league one and, and the championship, there was a pretty strong consensus of this is the right thing to do. And I don't know, it, 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 for me, it never really felt like behind closed doors was going to work for clubs with, at this level with this kind of with with the the, the limited finances they've got so it, it all kind of feels like even though it's not the decision many people would have wanted it it feels like it has been the right decision but w- was there anything that particularly caught your ear um from what alan had to say there i i i was really impressed with how positive he was um i think uh, you know in the interview he explained he's been through quite a lot um yeah but I think he's, in some way, perversely, he's, he's relished the kind of opportunity to reset and, and think things through and think about how he can strengthen the Bears next season. Because you do get into a bit of a treadmill. Um, although the off-season seems like quite a long time, um, pretty much, um, I mean, Alan himself has always said it, the busiest time for him is once the season ends and getting ready for the next season. Um, and he's had an opportunity to sit down and think things through and, and think about what direction he wants to take the Bears in, think about the players that he's got. Um, I think he's used the time well. He has, you know, he's, he's um, uh, as you said in the interview, he is a thinker. He likes, he, he's got lots of ideas uh, and he's had an opportunity to think those through um, rather than thinking, 
um, having to think about the next game or think about the the next season. He's um, he's had an opportunity, and I think the Bears will come out stronger out of this. Um, but I think the overriding thing was how positive he was um, about everything and how level-headed and pragmatic he is. Um, it's very easy to get down about sort of everything that's happened, and you know some clubs have have managed it really well. Um, in fact, I would say most clubs have managed it pretty well, but there has been some dissent in the ranks and a few disagreements about different things. And, and obviously there's been the Toronto issue, but the Bears look well-placed based on what Alan's saying um, to, to come out of this actually stronger in the long run. Um, it was the right decision. I mean, again, the vast majority of fans... That I've spoken to the vast majority that I've seen on social media have been positive about everything that's uh, the decisions that most clubs have made. Um, there has been some negativity again. Um, wouldn't be rugby league without some negativity. I mean, some people are sort of um, bemoaning the fact that that clubs um, have had to cancel the season effectively, and and it's it's better off for them not to play games. But you know, it, it's really straightforward for me. It, it's simple mathematics. I mean, you cannot expect uh, clubs in League One and the Championship to um, play games when they've got no revenue coming in, playing behind closed doors, increased costs. I mean, I think the cost was muted as being £5,000 a week. Um, you know, if you look in no, League no One... No medical staff either. Yeah, medical staff. The Bears medical staff, you know, a lot of them work in the NHS, so... Yep. What are you going to do? Try and pull them away from their duties in the NHS? That just doesn't work. Um, there's the whole thing about making sure the facilities are cleaned and mm-hmm. you know those additional costs, potential extra travelling costs as well because you can't necessarily have everyone travelling in the same vehicles and all that sort of stuff. So it's um, you know it is the best option. I mean, there's, if you look around the, the whole the whole world really there's very few leagues that have continued only the top divisions really um i mean in in football um only the league the premier league and the championship continued and if you think um league one in football in this country is it, still mass pretty massive i mean there's clubs there that have got thirty thousand plus fans coming to home games um it's absolutely no surprise that league one and championship clubs um couldn't continue the season despite i think you know, a lot of them would have liked to have, but um, you can't do it without any revenue coming in. You've got to safeguard the, the future of your club and you're not going to risk it all um, to play games behind closed doors. Um, it just doesn't yeah. make any sense. And of course, as, as Alan said as well, there's, there's also the issue that, you know, people have been losing their lives. Like it's, it's a yeah. much bigger thing than sport, isn't it? And it kind of, as we were saying earlier about almost not, not realizing what we got until Super League went away and then came back. It's like the sport in general, and it is it is a privilege to watch that sport yeah. and to to watch it in a, a professional setup and to watch these these really talented athletes do their thing. And yeah, there are bigger things at stake here. And, and rugby league will come back, and you know next year there's there's so much to look forward to next year. Even to, even taking aside the fact that we haven't had rugby league for ages yeah. now you know we've got the world cup at the end of it the sport itself turns 125 in the coming weeks so there's so much momentum for next year and it it yeah it, it i'm i'm with you it does 
it definitely feels like in some weird way we might look back at 2020 in a few years and think actually that was from a strategizing planning thinking refreshing point of view that was a really crucial year even though the bears only played what three matches before it all got cancelled so yeah and i think um i mean the other thing as well you know alan is different than a lot of people in his position um he's very close to the players um he knows them all personally he contacts them regularly um the other thing with league one as well is a lot of the players um across the whole league are part-time you know they've all got other jobs and you know in, in most cases their other job is the job that brings them home the most money um yep. so to ask those players to risk um that and potentially risk their family and everything else you know that that's just not not the way to do things and um i know that alan uh, one of his one of the biggest parts of his decision making was about protecting his players and staff um and the fans as well so you know it's um it's the right thing to do absolutely i mean um you know there is uh, at the moment there there you know there is a chance now to start again next year afresh and um you know draw a line onto this season and and be really positive about the things to come yeah well that feels like an ideal point to um to wrap up this episode but also tease out next week's episode because as i mentioned at the start of the show um alan's going to be back for the next two weeks and next week we're going to be looking at what's going on and what fans can get involved with between right now and next season and you're definitely going to want to join us for that we've um we've got some some interesting news for you we've got some exciting developments on the coaching side of things and we've got an exclusive piece of news about next season's playing kit which um might sound like a small thing but then you know when you all think about it and think about how much we enjoy the kits that alan designs for the bears um yeah it's quite exciting nice little bit of exclusive news for you on next week's show so um yeah i think that'll do us for this our first episode back i think we've we've covered 2020 there um and obviously really great to get the insights of alan um and get his his thoughts on it as well and and obviously really great that alan is fit and fighting as well as you heard in the last question i asked him there he's uh he had it rough early on so um so good that good that yeah absolutely that has been settled as well um don't forget to subscribe to this show if you haven't already and make sure you tell a friend who might like to listen to you can find us on apple Podcasts, spotify youtube and at coventrybears.com um but yeah craig it's great to be back and uh, let's catch up again next week yes mate. yeah it's been brilliant thanks